0: Welcome back to the Garden Wise Show with the Garden Wise Guys, Keith Funk and Jim Borland. The lines are open, so call now, 303-477-2473. That's 303-477-2473. And now, here are your hosts, the Garden Wise Guys. And the Garden Wise Guys are indeed here. I'm Jim Borland, one of them, and Keith Funk is the other one. You weren't kidding about a short... Break. Oh yeah, <laughs> I think it's usually even shorter than that. Um, I want to note everybody should out there. Everybody out there should note that there is a plant sale coming up here in the month of April. Oh yeah, it's called the Rock Garden Plant Sale, and oh, Rock Garden and Colorado Cactus and Succulent Society Sale. Oh, they're going to be involved. Cool. I think so. Not the Native Plant Society. Uh, you will have to check on your handheld computer. I'll I, check I, on you that. You know, I forget. Uh, in the past, it was the rock garden people, mm-hmm. and that doesn't mean, folks, If you, you don't need a rock garden to buy these plants. Some of them are quite adaptable to anybody's garden anywhere. Uh, in the past, they have combined with the Colorado Cactus Succulent Society and with the Colorado Native Plant Society. So there's three groups there in the past, and we're checking to see if that's going to happen again this year. Uh, if so, it's going to be a really great plant sale, one of the best plants. Maybe in the nation. Well,
1: I'm looking at the the Rock Garden Society website, and it just says spring plant sale. Oh, it doesn't say who all is involved. I
0: wonder if the if the Cactus and Succulent Society website would. I'll
1: check that. It's the yeah. 23rd and 24th, by the way, out at yeah. the Jeffco
0: Fairgrounds, right? Yes, that's what I wanted to, to, to end this thing with. It's, it's on the 23rd and 24th, which is a Saturday and a Sunday, mm-hmm. at the Jeffco Jefferson County. Fairgrounds. Is that right? Fairgrounds. Yeah, yeah Fairgrounds, Okay, uh-huh. And also their horse place. And also the place you go to get your qu- uh, garden questions answered. Um, what else can you do there? Tick tock, tick tock, tick tock. Oh, at one time it was where you would get your, uh, your COVID shots. <laughs>
1: yeah, it looks like the, the Cactus and Succulent Society is involved with the same sale. Oh, great. On the same day. Nine to five on Saturday, nine to four on Sunday.
0: There you go. Lots of free parking. Yeah. Lots of free parking. Yeah, I mean, really lots. Yeah. You might have to look out for horses, though. Because they, I, I think they, I don't know if they board horses there, but they certainly have That's a Western Air. Here. Yeah, the Western Airs are there. Yeah. Are so there horses have, boarded there? You know? Yeah, they okay. have lots of horses. Yeah, lot, lots of horses. And a, a horse arena and yeah. all kinds of stuff. Yeah. And did you Cowboys did you wandering young around young? aimlessly. Yeah. <laughs> It's used to young kids, is it on the Western airs? I think so. I mean, they're not. Yeah. I don't think they're all adults. It's got to be some adults someplace.
1: So there's going to be lots of cool plants at this
0: sale. Oh, trust me. Holy cow! I've already got my
1: mind on several. Oh, like, and by the way, speaking of which, yes. You know how I've been whining on endlessly about wanting this specific yucca, this miniature yucca called Heramanii. Yes. which is now I think just yucca nana, but. Um, it's a miniature. I mean, miniature. It, it, it forms maybe a soccer ball-sized plant, if that, maybe even smaller yeah, it, than it, that. Some are much smaller than that. Uh, yeah. it, it'll produce a three-foot-tall, three-, four-foot-tall three, yeah. four stock of flowers. It's just mm-hmm. beautiful, typical yucca flowers. But it's a nice
0: little miniature for a rock garden area or a small space. And, and it forms clumps. The clumps keep adding on year after year. Yeah. But so it, it, it had, never gets very big. Right.
1: And I've just been wanting one forever. And I went, and and last weekend was my first weekend back working at Nick's on the weekends. Mm -hmm. And I walked back to the yucca section, and lo and behold, to my absolute delight, (laughs) was a bunch of one-gallon yucca heromanias. And
0: they were beautiful plants. Yeah, they were well-grown plants. I don't Uh, know if that's going to be the real tiny one, though, that you're thinking about. Well, it better be. It looks awfully small. Yeah, I've got a slide of some of those growing in the wild but I can't figure out how to get the slides in the digital form. You take it to a place that's professional do that. Yeah, yeah I've, I've tried it at three different places. Really? And they come back, in my opinion, just lousy. Oh, dear. That's too and, bad. And, and I know with today's technical expertise, you should get something coming back that's next to perfect. They should be able to
1: digitally enhance your slides. No, they could do that, too. Anyhow, well, let's get back out to the phones because people have been waiting long enough. Uh, Who's up next? That's going to be Mike out in Littleton. Good morning, Mike.
2: Good morning. Uh, Glad to hear you guys back on the air. Quick question. I bought my wife some long-stem roses a few weeks ago at King's. Yeah. And this morning we noticed they were uh, having new growth come out of them. Yeah. How can I save them? I don't think. I don't think.
0: Mike, I don't think you want to save those. Those are greenhouse roses. They're grown in greenhouses, and they're really not adaptable to growing outdoors at all. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Go ahead and experiment and see if the if the stems will root. I doubt that they will because you probably have them in the water.
1: Yes. But yeah, like, so like Jim worried? said, they're 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 no. not. I mean, they're specific for for cut rose production in greenhouses, not for growing in the yard.
2: Okay, if I did want to experiment, would I just cut it, and put some rooting powder, and put it in some
0: you good could, soil? Yeah, you could try that. that. That's how they make new ones. Is do just that off of those long canes. Alrighty. How long should how well, long should the cutting be? Well, Jim? I. I would leave about two inches below the chute. Cut it above the chute and uh, and leave two inches or so below the chute. And then apply some rooting hormone and uh, pot them up in, uh, you can do fresh potting soil. I like to do it in just pure perlite. Okay. And make sure they stay, All right. m- you might even put a little plastic cover over them just to, to keep a humidity up a little bit higher inside there.
2: Okay, uh, I remember my father many years ago in New York starting them by putting a mayonnaise jar over some little cuttings in the yard yeah. to keep the humidity up. And
0: yep my my father did that too. Okay, but it has to be well, mayonnaise, right. not miracle. No, work. no miracle work. Work doesn't. doesn't, yeah. doesn't, doesn't has it has, to, has to, be to be a mayonnaise, mayonnaise jar.
1: Yeah.
2: <laughs> Maybe that's been my problem. <laughs> All righty, thank you, and uh, we might experiment and have a good time with it. But all thank right, you.
0: thank Absolutely. you much. Bye. Boy, that, that brings back memories. My dad did this underneath some really large junipers we had in the front of the house. Oh yeah, in the back, between you know where the kids would crawl in there and play. Oh around yeah, uh-huh. and get all those little stickers all over you. Exactly. But that's where he would do it underneath those junipers.
1: Boy, it would seem like it'd be hard to keep it moist enough with all those juniper roots.
0: I, I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> I know it worked on some and others it didn't.
1: I see these wacky things on Facebook about taking a potato and cutting a hole in a potato, oh, yeah. and then dipping the rose cutting into honey, and then sticking <laughs> it in the potato, and then sticking the potato in a pot of soil. And like, <laughs> really, how long was that's some, a waste of a lot of good, how good how edible long stuff? some
0: chopped chives around the yeah, edges? Yeah, there
1: you go. <laughs> Sli- or slicing a perfectly good tomato and planting the slices. Yeah. Uh, just, just plant the seeds. Eat yeah, the really. slices. <laughs> plant the seeds. The slices have absolutely nothing to do with no, the germination of those seeds.
0: No, not at all. Nothing. Nothing. It's a waste. <laughs> I suppose you could do the same thing with, uh, with pumpkins. Just do big slice slice of and pumpkin pla- and plant this out in your garden
1: but the, but the, <laughs> the thing that gets me about the tomato is it's, it's probably a store-bought tomato it's yeah. probably one of those tomatoes that only does well in a greenhouse production yeah, situation probably. and you're going to put it out in your yard you're yeah. going to waste all that time putting a greenhouse tomato out in the yard <laughs>
0: i know it's like it's like uh, planting peach seeds it works yeah but you have no idea what kind of peach you're going to get. Probably oh. nothing close to what you bought. And did you know, this, this always just floors me that this is still
1: out there. Did you know that with, with bell peppers, mm-hmm. if they have four lobes at the yeah. bottom, they're female. Yep. If they have three lobes at the bottom, the fruit that, is male. That's true. <laughs> I would like to slap the person who came up with that. That is the most ridiculous thing well, I've ever heard. Well, it keeps
0: making the rounds. Oh, my <laughs> gosh
1: seeds are not male or female uh, no <laughs> period fruit is not male or female end of story <laughs> it's simple don't complicate it <laughs> no kidding <laughs> all right let's see here we got uh... yeah we've got time before a break uh, i believe dave is up next good morning dave thanks for calling the garden wise guys
3: good morning guys i'm uh, i'm calling on behalf of my 93 year old mother Bless her Absolutely sure you are dark- Dave yeah sure uh-huh. we'll go with that <laughs> yeah I, I I got some female tubers uh, anyway we've got uh, we've got these uh dinner plate dahlia tubers yes uh-huh. and her her question is is it best to pot them now yes or yes. wait oh okay and her next question is uh, if it is we do pot what size pot are you recommending? Well,
0: I would put them in a pot that will accommodate the tuber and a little bit extra. Now, we all know that some of those dahlias can get out to be six, seven, eight feet tall, and it would take a, a, a pot, you know, the size, of a, the size of a Volkswagen. That isn't what you want to start with. You just want to get them started, and the roots started, and a little bit of growth. You want to get a head start so when you put them out in the garden, they are ready to go. So the, basically, oh. the smallest
1: pot you can comfortably yeah. fit the tuber in. Oh, okay. So probably right. not bigger. Probably somewhere around a six inch.
3: Yeah. Okay. And what what are these? Uh, I just heard something about smart pots. What are
0: is that smart anything pot, to use or? Well, those those are the ones they sent to school.
1: Yes, they're very well educated, oh. and uh, there oh. it's, it's a cloth. It's a special type of cloth, uh, and and these are for these are for use outdoors. So oh, okay. uh, they're typically quite, quite a bit larger than your normal flower pots. Uh, but, you know, later on down the road, once the dahlias are growing, if you wanted to put a pot um, on the patio or the deck or what have you, these smart pots, they breathe through the sides. They, they last for many years. Uh, a lot of people use them. Uh, they come in different sizes. And, uh, and you just plant directly into these smart pots. But they're, they're basically a cloth-type pot. Okay.
3: All right. And is there any difference between, say, a clay pot or a plastic pot to put the tubers in for now?
0: I would put them in a plastic pot because the clay pots are going to lose water through the sides of the pot. And they're oh, already okay. water hogs. So you don't need them drying out any faster than, uh, than they need to. And then make sure they're All in right. a lot of very strong light.
1: Oh, okay. You know, a south right. Win- right in a south window would be the best place or or a greenhouse if you've got if you're lucky enough to have a greenhouse but a south window uh direct sun for as much of the day as possible to keep them nice and short and stocky
3: okay and last question we've got a bag of uh fertile potting soil that was you know open um uh last year and it's been out in the shed is that still good
0: yeah it probably is still good i would go out there and get a a quart of water whatever size of your bag is and. Uh, and sprinkle that over the top of the of the soil, oh, and, if, okay. and if you can mix the the moisture in with the soil, so it's ready to go and pot as soon as you take it out of the bag. Yeah,
1: it's going to be very dry. Very dry. So I, what I do yeah. with mine, I I put I put the amount of soil that I want to use into a bucket, and I add water and I get in there with my hands like I'm mixing dough, and I just keep adding water until you've got. Until the soil feels slightly moist, but not wet and soggy. Okay. But if you just pour it over the top, it's not going to soak in very well.
3: Got it. Okay. Well, I appreciate your help. My 93-year-old mother really appreciates your help. I'm sure she does. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks, guys. Have a good day. Thanks, Dave. You too.
1: All right. Should we go to a break, Sean? <clears throat> was that... Was that uh, I think that an, was a head, an head an nod, okay. yes.
0: <laughs> okay. We're, we're going to take a little break, and uh, we're going to come back here and answer even more of your questions right here on Legends 810.
4: What's your lawn good for? After all that watering and maintenance, is your lawn supposed to be admired like some ancient statue in a museum? No! It's supposed to be enjoyed. It's for you, your kids, grandkids, pets and friends. You should spend warm summer evenings leisurely eating dinner, afternoons watching kids and animals run back and forth. It's a place to have water balloon fights or touch football games. But your grass can't take that kind of pounding. Soon you see dry patches that turn into dirt and mud. You need a lawn that has been engineered to withstand lots of traffic and still thrive in our Colorado climate. You need Colorado's own turf mix. It's a well-balanced blend of award-winning grasses that grow in sun or moving shade and tolerate heavy foot traffic. The aggressive root system creates a dense, thick, wear-resistant turf perfect for outdoor adventures. Plus it's insect disease and drought resistant. Colorado's own turf mix is available at your favorite local independent garden retailer.
5: Did you fight a lawn full of pesky weeds last year? Fertilome has a solution for that. Fertilome for all seasons is one of the longest lasting weed and grass preventers on the market. It will prevent crabgrass and other weed seeds from germinating for up to six months. So apply it early and let it do the work. It also has a unique blend of slow-release fertilizer that contains important micronutrients, including iron, that will green up your yard all summer long. Use the product the professionals use Fertilome for all seasons. Look for Fertilome for all seasons at these and other independent garden centers. The Tree Farm in Longmont, Wilmore Nursery in Littleton, Creekside Gardens in Littleton, The Flower Bin in Longmont, and as always, make sure to tell them the Garden Wise Guys sent you.
0: Okay, we're back on the air. We're taking your garden questions and also keeping you up to date on stuff that happened way in the past. Do you ever look in the past and think, I wish I would patented that? Oh, I wish I'd come
1: up with that idea.
0: Well, Charles Hall had a great idea. He got a patent on aluminum. Oh, sure. Yeah, back in 1889. That's a patent I'd like to have. Mm-hmm. It's probably run out by now. <laughs> it only lasted 15 years or something. Yeah. I'd, li- I'd like a patent on all new ideas.
1: I don't think you can it's too general you can. <laughs> All right. Well, we've got we've got some open lines Kathleen you're up next here but I just want to let everybody know that uh if you've got gardening questions and and who doesn't this time of year? Really? The phone number is 303-477-2473. Kathleen, good morning.
6: Good morning, guys. Um I have a question. I picked up a box for begonias over at Sam's Club and it says Plant your flower bulbs in peat moss, which I did, and keep them moist. And now I've got some coming up. But it, I had to get a bag of peat moss that must be like, I don't know, 50 pounds. It was a huge bag. Yeah. What do I do with it, the rest of it? Can I put it in my garden? What yes. do I do with peat moss?
0: I keep it until next year. What? Your peat huh? moss. Why can not you just dig it into
1: the soil? And well, you, in the can garden? You,
0: you can certainly do that. <laughs>
6: Okay, what what would, what would be bad? I mean, what does, I don't know, what do you use peat moss for?
0: Well, I, let me ask you another question first. What are you going to do next year when you get more of them and you need more peat moths? What, and get another 50-pound bag? Yeah. I think right. I just wrap the bag up, uh, seal it up, and uh, keep it stored until next year.
6: Well, I have to store the begonias in it over the winter, Yeah, right? but because
0: it's it's not going to take that much for storage of begonias.
6: Oh, Okay. Oh, by the way,
0: you're putting them in peat moss, which you know it's going to work. But you need, you have to fertilize them because well, there's no fertilizer in peat moss.
6: Okay, during the summer, I, what what's the analysis? What do you think I should get?
0: I would just use an ordinary old uh, indoor
6: Miracle Grow is what I have. That,
0: that'll be fine. That'll work. Yeah. Okay. And do it on a regular basis, because again, there's just nothing in peat moss.
6: Okay, I'm going to do half strength every two weeks. Is that a, a good?
1: I think that sounds great. Yeah, that's a, yeah. A now way. later on in the summer, when the plants are big and really, really growing strong, you might want to, yeah, bump I that up more.
6: They are in uh, planters in the front of the house, and I used to have geraniums, but our tree got so big and full that I don't get enough sun for the geraniums, so mm-hmm. that, that's why I'm going to plug in begonias. I hope this works.
1: Are they, Jim, do you think they're going to be okay just in straight peat moss for the whole I season? I would put
0: them in potting, potting soil myself.
6: Oh, right. I'm going to transfer. I am. I'm oh, planning okay, on doing that. Oh, yeah. okay, Good. And I will fertilize it, just like you said. Okay, so keep it and use it as I need it. Yeah. I can add a little bit of it to my other plants.
0: You, you certainly can use it anywhere. You, like you said, you can go out and put it all into your vegetable garden if you want.
1: But it needs to be com- incorporated into yeah. the soil. Don't just lay it on top.
6: Okay. what's it do? Hold moisture? Is that what it's for?
0: Yes, it holds moisture.
1: And it's also an acidifier. It, it helps bring the pH of the soil down. Naturally.
6: Oh. Oh. Okay. Which we
0: can always
1: use here in the in the ground because yeah. our soils are always alkaline.
6: Yeah. And I've got a water thing, eight point five. Yeah. Okay. Uh, all right. That's what I'll do. Okay. okay. Thank you. Thank
1: you. You're welcome. Thanks okay, for calling. Bye. Bye.
6: Bye.
1: Yeah. Peat moss is one of those things. If you let it get too dry, good luck trying to get it wet again. With that. Some well, real I'd work. still
0: do the same thing you do. Mix it in a bucket or in a wheelbarrow or something, mm-hmm. and then I usually. Let it sit there, and I'll come back a couple hours later. Or or a couple days. (laughs) Or a couple days, and knead it again. Knead it, it. yeah. (laughs)
1: And if necessary, put a little more water in it. Well, usually when you go to the store to buy them, they're in a compressed bale. Yes. And uh, and normally what I would do if I were using it, uh, and I do sometimes, is I'll just punch a hole in the top of the bale and fill that bag with as much water as it'll hold. Yeah. And walk away. And maybe come back a day later or so, after his or because that's going to be, all of these soil and soil amendments are shipped dry, because Preferably. nobody wants to pay for that much weight. That's right. If they ship them moist, you can't get as many on a truck, which means the price would go up. Yeah. So, it's always a good idea to you know double check the moisture level on anything that you're using. In, whether it's in the ground or in pots, and make sure that there is some moisture to it before you mix it in the ground. Absolutely. Before Sometimes
0: it. I get bales that there is some moisture in. You know? mm-hmm. Sometimes, yeah. Uh, and other times it is bone dry. Yeah. They I mean, float. You, you, you need could build use, a boat out of them. <laughs> you need to use a mask to get that <laughs> stuff out of it. It's a potter that's all over the place.
1: Now, as far as potting soil goes, when you mix some water with your potting soil, um, what I like to tell people is that it has to have enough moisture in it that you can make a snowball out of it. You pack a, pack it together with your hand and make a snowball out of it. But then, you know, it shouldn't be so wet that that water runs out when you're doing no, that. No, no. And, and you should be able to take your finger and poke the snowball and it'll and just it crumble. Yeah. So that that
0: would be the ideal amount of moisture. Another way, uh, you can do this for your garden soil, too, is uh, just grab a handful and compress it. Not, not as compressed as you can possibly get it. Just compress it. And then open your hand and shake your hand. Mm-hmm. And if it falls apart, then it probably has enough moisture. If it but stays it, really tight, then it's got too much moisture in it. And if it doesn't form a ball at all, yeah. if you open your hand and it just crumbles immediately, it's too, too dry. dry. Too dry.
1: So hopefully that helps.
0: I hope so. You can come over to my house and do it.
1: Yeah. And just because it works in one part of the yard doesn't mean that it's going to be the same in another part of no. the yard. I use
0: heavy water in some parts. Do you yard, use yeah. heavy wet <laughs> heavy wet water? Yeah, deuterium. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's radioactive a bit, but it goes away in, you know, a couple months. <laughs> a couple months.
1: All right, 303-477-2473 is the number to call. We've got open lines and Jude took advantage of that. Good morning, Jude. Good morning. How are you guys doing? Excellent. What's going on with you today?
7: Well, I um, planted some peppers and some tomatoes in little, you know, the little things that you mm-hmm, buy, mm-hmm. or, and had the I had heat mats under them and the dome, and they got you know you couldn't see through the thing because it got very moist and everything, and so I checked on them the other day, and the um, the tomatoes are so tall and leggy that I, I freaked out. I was like. I didn't even think they were going to sprout that soon, so now my question is, are they going to be okay? I mean, I, now I, I turned a grow light on them, and I've got a little fan going to, you yeah. know, make. It.
0: <clears throat> yeah, that's going to help. Uh, they're obviously not going to get any shorter now, but uh, that's going to help. And anything else you do, you put the grow light on it immediately.
7: Yeah, it's on it. How? How? I've, I've got it kind of high. I mean, not real high, but I, I just felt like it would. I didn't need it too low
0: right um i think a tomato is depending on what if do you have one tube or two tubes or what kind of setup do you have uh
7: it's one
1: tube i I'd, I'd get it down there within probably 8 inches 6 to 8 inches yeah, of the top of the no, i'm plants. thinking probably
0: even lower than that cuz it's a, it's a relatively cool bulb it's not going to cause a lot of heat build up
7: but i i think they'd be too close to the um to the to the little seedling uh, About four inches. That'll work. Okay. You
0: know, it's not really as bright as your eyes think it is. Okay. Now, the cool thing about tomatoes is even though they're kind of
1: leggy, when you do transplant them, you can plant them deep and, and, and plant a lot of that legginess below ground. Most plants do not like that, but tomatoes will adapt just fine. Okay. But you should have your lights on. The, the 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 same day that you put the seed in the ground they should be under light the entire time
7: when i put them in the uh, the little se- the little cell things here I uh-huh. could
1: have had- yeah
7: and okay, well too late for that
1: but well in the future you know as you're going forward if you're starting any more seeds make sure you put that seed flat under lights from the from day 1
7: okay all right well we'll see what happens but they're like flopping over they're so long
1: yeah yeah, oh, yeah, they will. Yeah.
7: But they'll be okay. I don't need to add any more soil or anything?
1: Not right now. Uh, wait until they get their first set of true leaves, and, they... and then you can transplant them in, and, and plant them deeper into the pot so that uh, the leaves are right at the surface of the soil rather than you know, a couple of inches above the soil.
7: Okay, so these things that are on here right now are not really leaves. They're...
1: No, those long, narrow, Yeah. yeah that's, lot... those are called the seed leaves okay and then the next set of leaves it'll produce look more like tomato leaves okay once you have that then you can transplant them
7: okay all right the, the pepper plants are much smaller or, good you know, they're, they're much shorter
0: yeah good yeah
3: so,
7: there's uh, shishito peppers so we'll see what happens with
1: those oh i love those those are the best. I've already transplanted mine into six packs. They're growing nicely, but they don't like to be planted deeper when you transplant them. So just make sure that you plant them at the same level that they were growing in the seed flat.
7: Oh, good Good to know. Thank okay. You. All right. Love your show. Well, thanks for calling, Jude. You're welcome. Have a good one.
0: Yeah, I should tell you just a little bit of story about the speaking about lights and grow tubes and fluorescent tubes, which is what the grow tube is. Um, I think my one of my bosses way in the past invented this thing it was a germination chamber which amounted to shelf after shelf after shelf mm-hmm. with banks of fluorescent lights right next to each other as close as you could possibly get them mm-hmm. and they must have had 10 of them on each shelf and the trays in this case he was growing petunias were placed no more than an inch below th- those yeah. tubes uh-huh. that, that was a lot of light And those seedlings grew like crazy. And they didn't get leggy. And they, no. (laughs) Not at all. I don't know if anybody else in the nation ever done that before, but he decided that this would work, and boy, did it work.
1: Yeah, everybody that I know of that does germination now has what they call a crack house. (laughs) (laughs) And it's not what you might think, but it's similar to what you have, Mm -hmm. what you just described. Um, High humidity, Yes. Warm, warm temperatures. Yep. And it's to crack the seed, yep. essentially. Crack the seed coat and get them to start germinating. And then as soon as that happens, they move it into more light. Yep. And uh, And
0: they there. have entire rooms mm. uh-huh. with with um, the racks on wheels uh-huh. that they move into there. And they, the racks are designed that they have fluorescent light at the time. And now we're going with probably LEDs, but... Uh, Right, right uh, on top of the seed and seed flies. Yeah. Well, when you, if, when you set up a seed starting
1: situation in your own home, I have learned over many, 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 many years <laughs> <laughs> that you essentially can't have too much light. And if you're going to use a fluorescent light fixture, I would make sure that it is no fewer than four tubes yep. per fixture and then those tubes need to be down within a foot of your seed flats and your seed flats need to be right under the tubes not off to the not side, off the side no. not at the end of the thing because uh, you know the b- the brightest light is going to be toward the middle of the tubes and as you approach the very ends uh, on either end the, the light diminishes so you know keep them in the brightest spot you can and i, I like i said i go for no less than Four tubes. I've got some fixtures that are ten tubes. Some that are eight, some that are six. And
0: depending on the seedlings, you can leave those on twenty four hours a day. Mm-hmm. Others some seedlings don't like that. But so you just turn them off at night. Yeah. And
1: your electricity bill might might not like that if you have lots of them. True. But with LEDs you can cut back on that. Definitely. Definitely. All right, 303 477 2473 is a number to call. We've got open lines right now, so you can just pop
0: right in there. Are you signaling? Do we need to take another break? We're going to take another break now and get it out of the way so that we can uh, answer your garden questions, and there's plenty of room for you to call in here at 303 477 2473, right here on Legends 810. It's like the difference between soft, gentle
8: rain and a monsoon. That's how I compare the effect of a Dram Rain Wand on plants to the heart blast of a typical spray nozzle attachment to your garden hose. Water flows through 400 tiny holes in the Dram Rain Wand's soft shower nozzle to bathe and refresh your plants, not damage them or wash away soil. Its handy reach handle has a 60-degree bend and conveniently extends to more distant garden rows and hanging baskets. And there's a fingertip shutoff valve. No wonder professional growers in the greenhouses and nurseries use DRAM watering tools. Today there are imitators, but nothing matches the superior quality of the original, invented over 50 years ago. They're simply the best. DRAM watering tools are available at Tagawa Gardens, Nick's Gardens, Jared's Garden Center and Lafayette Florist in Greenhouse.
9: Spring is in the air at Nick's Garden Center. Come see for yourself one of Colorado's largest and finest family-owned garden centers. We have 10 acres with an unbelievable selection of top quality plants and the finest garden accessories. Get a head start on the season with seeds, seed starting supplies, onion and potato sets, hardy pansies, herbs, spring bulbs, houseplants, soils, and fertilizers. Come see many unusual plants as well as trusted favorites. All the newest varieties of trees, shrubs, evergreens, roses and perennials are arriving weekly. Our bulk and landscape yard is stocked with compost, mulches and decorative rock with delivery available. Our friendly and helpful expert staff is ready to assist. Nick's Garden Center, celebrating 35 years of color, quality and service. Located two blocks north of Iliff on Chambers Road, Also, visit us at nixgardencenter.com.
10: SmartPots, the original award-winning fabric planner, perfected design through 30 years of professional, real-life use in the field. Perfect for just about any use, from home or balcony to professional growing operations. Join thousands of gardeners getting professional-grade results, no experience required. So easy to use, simply unfold, fill with soil, then plant. Plants grow better in Smart Pots because the airflow through the porous container walls provides extra aeration to the root zone, resulting in prolific fibrous root structures. More roots allow your plants to absorb and take in more moisture and nutrients, creating stronger, more robust plant growth and amazing yields. Smart Pot containers are reusable and last for years, manufactured right here in the USA with the highest quality standards. The patented fabric is durable enough to last multiple seasons, yet porous enough to release excess water. No more overwatering. Smart Pot fabric containers are available in multiple sizes and shapes. The round pots come in all sizes and a variety of colors, perfect for flowers and vegetables of any size. The Smart Pot raised bed planters come in round or rectangular in a variety of sizes, giving you the flexibility to plant a garden almost anywhere. Find your favorite Smart Pot product at your favorite garden center, nursery, or grow store. To find your closest retailer, go to smartpots.com and use the store locator. While you're there, check out all the other SmartPot products, informative videos, soil volume calculator, and online store. SmartPots, the first choice of professional hobby gardeners.
0: Hi, we're coming back. We are back. Here on Legends 810, the Garden Wise Guys, Jim Borland and Keith Funk, taking your phone call and uh, noting that you should be aware that today is International Pillow Fight Day.
1: And I didn't bring a pillow.
0: That is also then followed by International Firewalk Day. What's that? Guess. You have to walk on coals? Yes. Fire. You walk on fire. No. That's where that song comes from. Fire. Oh, okay. Hey, are you you remember root control bags, right? I I do remember them. I I have a Henry Lauder's walking stick growing in one right now. It's oh, yeah. been there for twenty years. Above ground <laughs> yeah. or in no, the ground? In the ground.
1: It's still so, in the bag.
0: Well, not anymore.
1: Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> well for everybody else out there, these I just heard the smart pot ad. Mm-hmm. Well, the smart pot came from the root control people. Oh, okay. The okay. tree bag people. Yeah. And this was developed for nurseries, uh, growers, mm-hmm. where they would, would plant their trees that were going to be for future sale, they'd plant them in this bag in the ground. And and it, and the way that it worked is the roots would hit the side of the bag and it would root prune mm-hmm. the tree so the tree didn't grow out these huge roots everywhere. Yeah. And it was maintained inside the bag for the most part. And then it made it easier to, to get the tree out of the ground and send it off to whoever
0: was going to. I think some people were actually putting the, what's called a plastic container in the ground, mm-hmm. in rows out in the field. Yeah. And then the plant they want to put in there is in those bags in the pot. In the pot. It's okay. in the ground.
1: So that we consider a pot in a pot. So
0: all you have yeah. to do is go out there and
1: pull the whole pot and bag out all at once. Yeah, and they had handles. Yeah. Made so, it easy.
0: you know, no more big machinery to dig the thing.
1: Well, so that somebody came up with the bright idea said, "Well, if that works for professionals growing trees and shrubs and that sort of thing, why not? Why couldn't it work for the homeowner?" homeowner? Yeah. And so they used this same technology to create these pots of out of this particular fabric or bag i guess you'd call it flat bottomed Mm -hmm. and and you can get them in different sizes uh, you know all the way up to like a 24 or 36 inch diameter grow bag Mm -hmm. or or smart pot is what they're called now Mm -hmm. and they come in colors too now (laughs) which is nice (laughs) or you can actually get a raised bed a smart pot raised bed Mm -hmm. that could be six feet across you take it out of the bag you throw it down on the ground, unfold it, no wood or construction or anything involved, throw it on the ground, right on top of the grass or on top of your patio or on your well, you might not want to do it on a deck because that's going to get kind of heavy. But uh, and, and fill it up with raised bed mix and plant you can do it all in one day, all in one morning yep. and have a garden and it's portable. So that if you're renting or you're in an apartment or whatever, and then you're going to move the next year or whatever, you can take it with you. You don't have to go out and buy a bunch of expensive lumber, which is it's pretty pricey these days. Oh, yeah. And, uh, and you can slip it down into
0: a pretty pot. If you if want to. If you want to, to. yeah.
1: But, it, but, but part of the beauty of this thing is that the sides of this thing breathe. Mm-hmm. So it puts extra oxygen into the soil, so your plants grow even better than if they were in a plastic even more pot better. Yep. and it drains very well so you don't have to worry about overwatering. so uh, i think it's a brilliant thing to do and, and it lasts for years so it's not just a one season one shot deal and they come in square and rectangular and round so check them out at the garden centers and colors and colors yeah exactly that's important 303-477-2473 is the number to call. We have open lines right now for some dang reason. Well, Are I the phones acting up now, John? Sean?
0: <laughs> <laughs> and since we have a little break here, I'm yes. going to tell you about our Facebook page. We have all kinds of stuff there. Uh, we have a, a a full page on the new check Charms, the Semper Vivans. They come out in really brilliant colors, at least for... Hens and chicks. Is hens the and word. chicks. The double name or in the UK, they call them house leeks. Yes. And I, I try to post all the new echinaceas, uh, and there's two more that I'll add sometime this coming week, and maybe even more if I find them. I'm hey, more. did you
1: notice on that Chick Charms thing, they mm-hmm. came out with Chick Charm Giants now? I saw that. Where the individual rosettes of the hens and chicks will get 8 to 10 inches
0: in diameter. I that's think that, the special peel they put. They that's massive. Yeah, they are big. And they're still hardy. You can and, plant well, them yeah, outdoors. Yeah, Or you can hold them in your hand over winter and they'll still live. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> and a new azalea, which I reported on, called Star Style. And the azalea flower doesn't look at all like an azalea. Does it grow here? It's, it looks like just these colored, I want to say colored petals. Well, they're colored, but the petals are very, very narrow. Mm. And they just flop all over the place this weird looking thing yeah and we try to put up new colocasias there's one called redemption i've already forgotten what that looks like uh, colors in the leaves not just green but all kinds of colors so take a look at that sort of thing
1: oh and by the way i've noticed that there are some hosta varieties or hosta whatever you want to call them Uh, coming out now with red in the leaves not just the petioles but it's moving up into the leaves now I
0: predicted that yes you did a couple years ago so of course I have to have some well of course and you know what's going to happen they're going to have fully red leaves somewhere down the road Mm -hmm. and then the flowers will, I would suspect will take on that red color as well With flower stems Yeah. yeah
1: and I found a nursery catalog that came in the mail the other day I'd never heard of I don't know why I got it but apparently I got into a plant catalog mailing list somewhere, and they have sassafras. Oh boy.
0: <laughs> get two. <laughs> uh,
1: oh, they have, a, they have a three pack. Uh, they're bare root, they're like a foot and a half tall. Mm. So I was going to get three of them, and, and one well, at least one's going to have your name on it. You put str- Well, you would put them straight into the ground? I think so, or into pots. Probably into pots, and, or maybe just plant them into the nursery bed in the I have on the side of the house, on the east side. Get them started, get them growing. But I'll, I'll pot one up for you. Uh,
0: well, If you pot them up, you'll probably use uh, potting mm-hmm. soil, and that mm-hmm. has a lower pH, typically, yeah. than does our native soil here. Mm-hmm. And I think that's going to help them. I want to find out where what their source is, though if it's yes. florida i'm not going to buy them yes because they grow all <laughs> the way from like you said florida i know all the way up into pennsylvania and i think way north of that yeah
1: i'd, I'd want something from a northern source so that yeah. there's you know a snowball's chance in you know where yeah. of them growing here if they're from a northern source yeah At least you, you and i both had problems with that tree <laughs> i will grow one i will okay all right. If that means I have to grow it in a
0: pot that and put it in the garage for the winter, I'll do that. Only one of the items that I tried to bring here from my childhood, and it just doesn't like high pH soils. A bu- along with a bunch of other things I was familiar with. I well, tried yeah, all those and Doesn't our friend up here
1: in uh, the Boulder area, Louisville, yeah. Susan, doesn't yeah. she have a good-sized sassafras? Yeah.
0: I think it's suckers, too. And they do sucker. Yeah, they do sucker, and I don't mind that. Yeah. Because you can pull the suckers up. And then shake all the dirt off dirt off and, and chew on the roots. yeah, and then get mouth cancer. <laughs> when I was a kid, I didn't care <laughs> <laughs> And you can make tea out of the out of the bark of the roots too.
1: So Oh, Nancy called in and wants to know where to buy chick charms giants. Good question, no idea.) <laughs> We just we just bring it up so that yeah. when you're out in the garden centers, and if you're like me, you travel to as many as you can in the spring, as often as you can, yeah. because the, the stock <clears throat> changes almost hourly sometimes, yeah. um, to be yeah. on
0: the lookout for them. Yep. Yeah. Now, Keith and I have seen pictures of entire greenhouses filled with nothing. You can't walk in the greenhouse. There's no space for walking. It's a solid mass of chick charms. Mm-hmm. Which... You know, you do some counting on them. It's probably tens of thousands of them. Mm-hmm. Now, getting out into the rest of the country, ten thousand is nothing. Nothing.
1: Yeah, exactly. And and the giants series, and they're going to come in lots of colors, the same as with the small chick charms. Um, the giants are new. Yeah. So don't expect them to be everywhere. You might.
0: If you really want them, you might be able to just order them online. I was going to say, I have not checked that, but uh, I would put that into the search box. And I have uh, pretty good luck putting that in the search box and immediately go to images. Mm-hmm. Those are the people that have them.
1: And sometimes if you go, like with the Chick Charms, you might go to the, the Chick Charms website. And they that. might have yeah. a, uh, a dealer locator for you where you just plug yeah. in your, your zip code and it'll that tell you nice. the, slow, the closest place to get them. That would be nice. Very That's nice another way to, to go.
0: And you can do that with any plan. And then, then it's just a matter of good luck. <laughs> See what comes up. Mm-hmm. I've ordered stuff online. I have too. So it works. I get kind of pricey out there. Well, it, it's the shipping on some of kill you.
1: Yeah, but if it's something that you really want and, and you can't find it locally, because I will exhaust all my local resources first. Yeah. Because I want to support the local industry. But if I can't find it here or
0: they can't order it for me, I'll I'll go online and order it. Yeah. I ordered something, uh, some seeds that I've been looking for literally for 40 years. Really? It's just not online anywhere. Uh-huh. And nobody I know has even knows, knows what it is. But I know what it is, and I've been looking for it. And I want to save that five-hour trip to southeast Colorado in hopes <laughs> of, of finding seed. Yeah. And I finally find someone who had some seed at a reasonable price. And I said, I don't care what shipping costs. This is a 40-year um, journey Yeah, that's about to end if I get these seeds. How exciting. Yeah, so it's worth a lot of money at that point. Yeah, exactly. Well, we've got open lines, like yes, I we said do. before. a 477 2473 We've got to take a break. All right, we'll take a little break and come back, and we hope that our line's completely filled up to the gunnel here on Legends A10.
5: Did you know that many of the landscape plants that have traditionally been sold in Colorado are plants that grow better in other regions of the country? Areas that get more moisture, have richer soil, and don't get our intense sunlight and weather? If you've ever looked at your garden and thought, wow, this plant needs a lot of water, or geez, I really have to baby this plant to keep it alive and looking good, it could be because those plants just aren't suited for our tough Colorado conditions. That's where Plant Select comes in. Plant Select is a nonprofit plant introduction program that finds, tests, and brings to market smart plants that are well suited for the High Plains and the Rocky Mountain regions. They want you to have more beauty for a lot less water and work. One of the coolest things about Plant Select is they aren't a company. They're a nonprofit collaboration between Colorado State University, Denver Botanic Gardens, and the Western Green Industry. They have researchers, innovators, retailers, and growers working together to introduce the best plants to thrive in our extreme growing conditions and your garden. So the next time you visit your favorite garden center, ask to see the Plant Select plants or look for the Plant Select logo and tag. Whether it's a new tree, some shrubs, flower vines, or perennial flowers, Plant Select has you covered.
3: Do you have weeds popping up in your lawn? For most weed killers, our spring temperatures are too cold to have any effect. Fertilome has a
1: solution for that. Weed Free Zone. Weed Free Zone is one of the few weed killers you can use this early in the year. Use it for dandelions, bindweed,
3: thistle, clover, and more. You can reseed in two weeks and it can rain just a few hours after you've applied it. Fertilome can make your lawn a weed free zone that'll make you the envy of the neighborhood. Use the product the professionals use. Try Fertilome Weed Free Zone. You'll find Fertilome Weed Free Zone only at your favorite independent
1: garden retailer, including Hector's Garden Center in Arvada, Nick's Garden Center in Aurora, Tagawa Gardens in Centennial, and the Flower Bin in Longmont. Be sure to tell them the Garden
0: Wise guys sent you. Now that the weather is starting to warm up, you'll want to protect your ornamental and vegetable garden from various beetles, weevils, and borers, including Japanese beetles.
4: And what better way to prevent these pests from destroying your garden than by controlling them while they're larva? Grubgon is an easy-to-apply granule product that can be spread on your turf to successfully control grub invaders developed by Phylum Bioproducts from a naturally occurring bacteria. Grub-Gone is a non-chemical byproduct that specifically targets only certain scarab pests. And it's safe to use around bees and other beneficial insects. And it is a non-chemical choice for areas frequented by kids or pets.
0: Yes, and once you see the adult beetles flying around your yard, Beetle-Gone is an organic water dispersible powder that can be sprayed directly on your edible plants. And did I mention? It is certified for organic gardening. Find out more at PhylumBioProducts.com. Phylum Bioproducts, target the pest, not the rest. You'll find Grub Gone Granule and Beetle Gone Powder at your local independent garden suppliers, including Tagawa Gardens, Nick's Garden Center, and Jared's Nursery and Garden Center. And we are back taking your phone calls, and uh, I think a couple of people may have called in there. In the meantime, let me tell you that sun rose this morning, six forty-two. Sunset 725, so that leaves a plenty of light out there to do some gardening. Record high 84 degrees, supposed to get up to 70 today, and a record low, minus 2 degrees on this date in history, which was 1975.
1: That's just meanness. It
0: is. Our statewide uh, average of snow depth right now was 91%. South Platte, which is where we are, is 92%, and the highest anywhere in the state is the Gunnison River Valley at 104%. Good for them. Yeah, good for them. I want some of their water.
1: (laughs) (laughs) All right, back out to the phones. Uh, Let's go see what Jude is up to right now. Good morning, Jude.
7: Hello again. Hi. So when I called before about my seedlings, I forgot that I have a little list here. A few weeks ago, you were uh, talking about autumn amber. Yes. I have a planter in front of my house, so it's like it's a brick planter. It runs, you know, like from my front porch to the end of the at the end of the house so it's not in grounded but it's like um, it's very deep do you think those sumacs would grow in that
1: you know they probably would but it's risky because um, of the winter temperatures that that root ball is above ground so it's hmm. going to get much colder above ground than it would if the plants were down in the ground uh-huh. so you if you're a gambling person i'd say go ahead and give it a shot they're pretty darn hardy um, but you know, if we have one of these really nasty winters where we drop down to minus twenty five for several days, uh you may lose them all
7: I don't think that's going to happen okay uh, but uh okay well I'll, yeah I might give it a try so, yeah do can you uh do you have any other suggestions what else might grow out there It's like i what what's growing there right now, I think is called candy tuft
0: yeah i yeah I chew the problem here is that we don't know in general how low the temperature can get for the roots of many of our plants Mm -hmm. we know about the tops of them that are exposed to winter but the roots typically do not get anywhere close to the air temperature that we experience above ground so and this is what we're dealing with here so i can't really recommend anything reliably that's going to make it through an above ground kind of a planter situation Okay. So I would, if I were you, I would probably stick with annuals. Now, you find that candy tuft works well. How long has it been in there?
7: Since the planter was built, probably over 10 years.
0: Oh, okay. So it sounds like it's going to be reliably hardy. Um, You may try other things that sort of candy tuft lookalikes, like uh, a basket of of gold, Mm -hmm. uh, whose name's changed about three times since I learned of it. yeah. (laughs) And, and other things like that. And just keep working your way down the line and see if you can find things that are going to grow in your particular situation.
1: Now, what I have found is that if you, if you look this up in books and what have you, and there's very little about it, like Jim said, is that they recommend that you always look for a plant that's at least one zone cold hardier than the zone you're in. We're in zone five, so you'd want to look for a plant that's at least in zone four. Zone four plants. Oh, that's a good idea. Okay. Okay. All right. But like yeah. I said, it's, it's a risk. You, I mean, you may end up losing some or all or, you know, every other one. You know, it d- just depends on the winter. And, right. of course, the winter watering is also important as well.
7: Right. Well, I have had some columbine that did okay, but there, I haven't seen them coming up yet.
1: Mm-hmm.
7: And uh, coral bells. But nothing seems to flourish.
1: Okay. It could b- also be the soil. I mean, it ha- has it been refreshed at all?
7: No. <laughs> Maybe it's me that's the problem. I will try. I'll do that. I'll, I'll throw some um, compost out there. and
1: Dig it in good and yeah, fluff up that soil because it can get compacted over the, over the years, and that, that causes some, some difficulties for plants. So even just digging it up without even adding anything
0: would probably help, but adding some compost would be great.
7: Okay. All right. Thanks again.
0: You're welcome.
1: Appreciate it. Bye. Mm-hmm.
0: Bye. I'm holding in my hand a list of plants, garden plants, mostly that, and, and what their root-killing temperatures are. That the root-killing killing temperature in in this case is the highest temperature that killed more than 50 percent of the root system. And there's a bunch of things I know, but nothing that people would people would typically put in a planter we just discussed, except maybe something like vinca minor which is very common we all know what it is a vine on the ground its roots die at 15 degrees above zero
1: yeah and that
0: happens regularly here well we in my house i think the lowest we got this winter was minus four okay and if i had uh, things in an above ground container that's it how long
1: how long would it have to stay at that temperature to kill it
0: that's the problem with above ground containers it makes a difference about what the sides are made of i think in her case it was brick or something yeah if it's wood it's a different situation um plastic and ceramic are the worst yeah they're the worst they conduct or they lose heat through the sides much quicker than other materials uh the depth makes a difference and the width makes a difference and we're talking mm-hmm. about the volume of soil
1: yeah and
0: then if it's open soil open to the bottom open to the ground yeah, open the ground it is it? a big big deal too um so lots of variation in here so it's difficult to say for you uh, this is or isn't going to work. But like on the vinca, it was exposed to fifteen degrees above yep. zero for ten minutes. Is that going to do it, I or does don't it have know. to take two days to for that to happen? And that those things are not listed, unfortunately. Now there's a couple here that are very few that are bo- uh, below zero. Uh, I see only two, and you no, know, they're not commonly grown. taxus media hicksey. Oh,
1: yeah,
0: I know what it is, but I don't Hicks know. Hicksu. And uh, rhododendron PJM hybrids. No way. Minus 9. Wow. Yeah, that's a tough one. All right. And uh, Picea omerica, which you know, we don't grow here either, but it'll take minus 10 degrees. Nice. All right. We've got people
1: waiting to talk to All us. Right. Let's go see what Susan has to say about sassafras. Good morning, Susan. Yeah, Susan, there's a sassafras
0: lady, I believe. Yeah,
11: right. Well, I want to tell you the, the story of the sassafras... You know, we got, I, I've told you before, we got our sassafras from uh, Michigan, along the shores of Lake Michigan.
4: Uh-huh.
11: And we ended up with a male and a female. The male died um, a couple years ago.
0: Isn't <laughs> it, that always it, the it case? Was
11: big, too. <laughs> it was a, a beautiful. And, and a couple of autumns, it was just fantastic. It, yeah, it was 22 feet tall. The female, I, I think I told you last year, she, it didn't leave out until July. Oh, geez. <laughs> and we're going, hmm. And it's it's it, the the top is dead, it, but it is suckering all over the place. The suckers just don't seem all like they're going to be as nice as the trees were there.
0: Yeah, that's my experience too. They will grow out and start growing up, but they don't have yes. any roots on them. They're still yeah. attached to mommy. plants.
11: Very very few roots. Yep. You know, we've tried we've tried and tried. My husband's tried and tried to grow use some seeds because we got seeds. Um, we were never able to germinate them, and I. We did finally. We found we just threw the old potting soil away when the seeds didn't grow. And in uh, a pot last year, there was a seedling. And uh, my husband, we planted it out in the front with some uh, John, some uh, Jack the pulp that I grew from seed. Uh, and we put crime scene tape all around it. <laughs> I'm sure that n- nobody d- stepped on the. Sassafras or the jack and the pulpits, but good we didn't put it down low enough, and a rabbit ate the top of oh the, no of the sassafras It's still alive, but it's diminished in size
1: <laughs>
7: oh, <laughs> so wow.
11: we'll see if we, but you know we grow a lot of trees we we have a lot of trees and shrubs from uh uh the east east, either the appalachians or north north, and some of them will do okay for a while and, and not. And kind of uh, struggle. Some of them do fantastic. The pawpaw's doing great. I know, Jim, you have one of those. Yep. which hazel does great. We have a big yellow wood, though, that I think it just does not like our fluctuating temperatures. Yep,
7: yeah, yeah. Cause yep,
1: yep.
11: Because it's bleeding. It bleeds, and it, it, the bark cracks.
0: And <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> oh, dear.
1: Well, hey, Susan, we've right? got some music playing, which means okay. we've got to get out of here, but
0: we okay. appreciate your call. Okay, bye-bye. Bye-bye. Now, I hope the caller uh, sure calls in next week we can talk a little bit more about the strange things she has growing in the yard. I've been there. It's strange, I want to tell you. <laughs> hey, everybody, thank you for listening and participating in the show. As always, keep your shovel sharp and uh, be careful where you're dibble. You can get into danger there. We're going to be back next week with your garden questions and some answers from us right here on Legends 810.